Hey, this is Kyle from the Longbox Cast. I'm sure you've heard my co-host Steve talk about Revenge Lover designs a million times. But now I'm going to mention it for the one millionth and one time, so stick with me here. If you need a really kick-ass logo, but you don't want to ask your neighbor's kid because you know he's going to do it on PowerPoint or Microsoft Word, then go to revengelover.com and tell her Kyle from the Longbox Cast sent you. I guarantee you she'll use Photoshop or Illustrator, one of the professional design programs that graphic designers are supposed to be doing. Seriously, who the hell uses PowerPoint? Greetings, fellow humans. This is Pat Callahan uh, from All White Tukey. You're listening to another great podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Yeah. new episode of the arcade bros and someone has returned they are no longer dying raven is back i'm alive for once once. (laughs) those phoenix downs helped thanks guys no problem Uh, but of course yes i'm player one steve-o with player two raven revenge lover and player three renfro and of course you can find us at www.arcade-bros.com part of the 4i radio network uh, known as The Firm. Also visit 4iradio.com. Don't forget you can find us and listen to us at arcadebros.com or arcade-bros.com and also 4iradio.com, Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Zoom Marketplace, Blackberry Podcast, Blueberry Podcast, Mirror Guide, Double Twist, YouTube, Swell Radio, and Player FM. And of course we are brought to you by Amazon.com. You can go to the Sasquatch.net or arcade-bros.com or Her Majesty's Secret Pod.com or Longboxcast and uh, click on the Amazon banner and shop like you normally do, especially with uh, one of the things they got going on, I guess, this month, actually, with Amazon is, uh, I guess, 20% off of uh, pre-ordering games uh, with new releases coming out soon. So go ahead. Yeah. And get on your video games. Yeah. If, uh, if you're a Prime member. Yeah, if you're a Prime member. So, And also this weekend with Prime, um, of course, when people listen to this, it'll be past the weekend. So, but... Uh, anyways, they have a, you can buy, I think an Amazon prime membership right now for $79. Okay. So like 20 bucks off. Yeah. 20 bucks off. So, and of course we are also brought to you by revenge lover illustrates and designs that fit your personality for samples and inquiries. Please visit revengelover.com. Um, of course, uh, before we jump into the week and everything like that, cause Raven's been, uh, uh, dying, and then she got some Phoenix Downs. She's back. So, uh, Raven, how has been your week and your uh, your holidays and all that good stuff? The week and holidays have been crazy. My uh, blood pressure's been up and down. Baby is literally taking the life out of me. My feet were swollen. I don't know if you saw that picture I posted on Facebook, but my ankles were the size of freaking tennis balls. Yeah. 
scary stuff. So, I mean, I've been constantly, even right now, I'm checking my ankles just to make sure, but trying to stay alive. <laughs> Your ankles were about the size of a BB-8. Pretty much, yeah. It's intense, and the doctor's like, you need to, like, lower your sodium and watch your feet. Drink more water. <laughs> Please tell me you didn't pay that much money for that doctor for that kind of advice. No. She she had more information. I'm just kind of, like, condensing it down. Okay. I was about to say, less sodium. <laughs> Look at your feet. Get out of here. <laughs> she's she's pretty tits, though. I mean, well, she has pretty tits, but. <laughs> Damn. Um, no, she's pretty quick. Like, I go in, she looks at me, and she's like, okay, you need to do this, 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 and that, and then she's like, done. Okay. So like, Yay. That's good. That's fine. Whatevs. <laughs> Whatevs. Probably to the point now where everything's just pretty routine. Yeah. I mean, she knows, she remembers everybody and how they're doing, so. Well, that's cool. good. I've been prepping for the baby, getting a bunch of stuff from family members who aren't going to attend the baby shower. And uh, we got the crib, so we got to put that together. And, Ooh, yeah. that should be lots of fun. You're getting geared up for leveling up into mom mode, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm almost over encumbered. <laughs> uh, how was you guys? Uh, I missed out. I know I listened to the podcast last week. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, nothing new this week. I know Matthew and I caught up on last night's show of uh, Socially Awkward, but just uh, I'm cooking more. made a delicious teriyaki chicken meal out of the crock pot, which I'm now a huge fan of crock pot. That was like the greatest Christmas gift ever. Um, yeah. Uh, working out again, which I hate it, but I need to do it because I did it like, and I was like, I so it was so sore the, the, after the first day. And then just the same old, same old, just uh, doing a little bit of gaming and uh, trying to get back into the swing of after the holidays and going like, oh, that's right. I have a shit ton of podcasts I need to work on. Hey, if you need some some recipes, I'm actually, and this is like on the down low, mm. even though whoever listens to this will hear it. <laughs> I'm making a, uh, a cookbook. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Fully illustrated by moi. Uh, pull a couple of recipes from some friends and a lot of recipes that I've made up and some that I've altered, obviously, you know, you got to go with the classics like mac and cheese and ground beef or something. Ooh. And, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, do a Kickstarter or something for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Get it printed like... up, make it a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. no. Yeah. Well, definitely we can tease that, uh, throughout the year then that'd be nice. And then get hopefully a lot of people going like, yeah, I want this. Cause honestly, yeah, I was looking at it. I don't really have a cookbook. I have a binder that my mom put together with a couple of things. And <laughs> then it's like, I have just like this miscellaneous stuff that she's given me like, Oh, here. But it's like, every time I go flipping through it, I'm like, this looks good. And I start going down the line going like, I have none of this. So it's like, I got to learn how to shop for yeah. like i need to start like every time i go shopping i need to find like just little bits and pieces of like ingredients of just like spices and stuff of like that because i'm like realizing out of all the years i've been living with somebody they always had all that shit and mm -hmm. now being on my own i'm like i don't that happened to me i was like i'm gonna cook something and then i like going through my drawers i'm like i don't have anything and then finally it's well, like getting like plates oh, and all that stuff a lot of the stuff that's going to be in the books are like easy stuff to find. It's not going to be like some swordfish from some obscure store or something. Actually, the idea I came up with was I wanted to – because every time I go online, I, I would type in like these are the things that I have. What can I make with this? Thinking I would get a really good result. And then, of course, it pulls up stuff and it's always like – 
okay, you have this, this, and then add this. And then, I'm like, no, 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 I don't have any of that stuff. This is the stuff that I said I had. I was saying there should have been an app where you just type in what you have, and they can just kind of go through a huge search engine and find like a me like an easy meal you can make with just those items. Yeah, maybe someday. Patent that shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. People hear this now, like, oh, I'm gonna work on the nail. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much uh our last couple of weeks or whatnot. Uh, Matthew, yours. Um, just uh, preparing and playing a show this evening at the Marquee Theater here in Tempe, so um, that's going to be fun, but just getting up and gearing for that, and it's been pretty low-key for my week other than that. Nice. Yeah. So uh, now that we've let everybody know what we've been up to this week, we'll also let everybody know, because it looks like Raven has touched a lot of stuff which I want to know about. So uh, Raven and everybody else, Matthew, what have everyone been playing this week? I don't know why I did that. I don't know. <laughs> We're in a game show now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What have you been playing this week? Well, for a hundred dollars. No. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually touched a bit of uh, Super Mario Maker. Okay. I originally got it for Chris, but. I think I've played it a little bit more than he has. Okay, now this is a game that I do want. Uh, I've been wanting to get a couple more games for my Wii U that did come out last year. Is this worth it? Yeah, yeah, I would say it is. I had to think about that for a second. There's yeah. so many freaking levels every day that are being made. You can find a level. A lot of the top levels, though, the only thing that disappoints me, a lot of the top levels that you see uh, for online stuff are like the just run or just move forward and then it like does everything for you and i'm like no i want to like figure it out myself uh, but but you can dig through and try to find like the really pull your hair out levels oh that's kind of cool and then there's a mode that unlocks more stuff for you to use like you you start with basics when you're making levels mm -hmm. yeah and the more you play it the more you unlock things that you can use like you can put down koopa troopas or you can put down bullet bills or whatever and then they have another mode that is like, um, I think it's called a 10, something about 10 lives. Mm -hmm. You get only 10 Mario lives and you have to go through like 10 different levels using only those 10 lives. And you have chances inside to get more lives. But once you use up all 10, that's it. And as you go all the way to the end to Bowser's Castle and you beat that last level, then you get new stuff. Ah, interesting. So there's a lot of challenges and a lot of, interestingness uh chris didn't really like the, the the layout for how you place things and stuff and it is a little janky but you mean after a while you live with it and you figure it out and figure out what to do now yeah. do they have a tutorial <laughs> yes as soon as you pop the game in the tutorial starts oh okay because i wasn't sure it was just gonna be like here's the mario maker we decided to go with bethesda's outlook and just say you figured it out um <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, because I remember making a couple of levels on Super Smash Bros. Brawl. I actually haven't made any levels with the Wii U version, and I'm trying to make sure if there is any level maker with that one. Um, but I remember there's, building a couple of those in uh, Brawl. There, There's a level maker for uh, the Smash Bros. for Wii U, and it's the same kind of layout, just more stuff added to it. Okay, very cool. And then they, they have, like, on the top, I think you get, like, 10 or 12 things that show up that you can use that are like your quick bar or whatever. Oh, okay. But then you can like switch through sets of things to have those be your quick access. Now, do you think, uh, now is the gamepad like a really great idea for this kind of game? Is it easy just to drag things, drop it, place it where you want just on that, and then just shows up on the big screen? Yes. You, you highly rely on the gamepad for it. 
especially when you put down a pipe, you can mm. elongate or shorten them. Oh, very different cool. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's ridiculous amounts of options. You could do this thing for all day. Okay. <laughs> so. Now, I know there was a rumor, and I don't know if it was just fans saying that they want to make it or Nintendo might be uh, might thinking about doing it just because of the, success, the successful of the uh, Mario Maker. They, they were in talks with maybe possibly or hinting at or rumors, again, all speculations about maybe doing a Legend of Zelda dungeon thing like this. I saw those speculations. That would be super, super cool. Um, people have already made Zelda levels. Like, you can import old uh, Zelda music. I think there's some... Any any of the old music from the old Nintendo games, I think you can pretty much have it in as long as you unlock it. Mm. Um, you can use your Amiibos for this. Uh. So once you when you tap your Amiibos in, so if you have, like, um, say I have my Link one or I have my Bowser one, you can use... I think it unlocks a skin, so you can make Mario look like little tiny 8-bit Link ah. or 8-bit uh, Bowser. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then whenever, like, if you're in that skin and, say, a, a Koopa touches you, then it just, like, knocks off the skin and you're reverted back to Mario. So okay, it's like so, having an extra life or whatever. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah, because um, that's the other thing I was curious about, because I know the Amiibos have gotten really... Um, like scarce trying to find like certain ones and i don't know if nintendo is going to re-release them or is there any way you can get because i mean like if you get some of these games and you want to lock some of the stuff and you can't no longer get these amiibos i think that was kind of a bad marketing tool with nintendo because i mean i have three right now and really all i was trying to do is just complete my legend of zelda set but then more and more keep coming out and i'm like oh yeah i kind of want these but also it's like i keep if i i mean i stopped at three right now because if i keep getting them i know i'm like i already have so much shit in my place i have no place to put these things uh so yeah it's just we've, like, got, we've got eight of them we got that really cool amiibo stand that looks like the end of the mario level where the where you jump up and go to the flag oh that yeah. is an actual stand okay because that's actually something oh, crap more shit i need for my place now uh I, I, i'm starting to believe <laughs> i need to get I'm, i might have to just get a, a two-bedroom apartment sometime soon just be like this room is for all my crap uh, and this is my living arrangement. Um, kind no, just, of thing. just do what we did. I uh, I ordered some IKEA bookshelves, and I have one shelf space dedicated to the Amiibo stand. Ah. Well, I'll, I'll post some pictures on the Facebook page for everybody to see. Well, I know I am looking into. I found. Well, I do have an IKEA bookshelf that does have like pretty much all my DVDs on and some video games, and then I have a bunch of bookshelves with games and stuff like that. But I did find a. It's not like a, it's like a DVD stand that I saw at IKEA, so it's a little bit uh, um, slender um, than the the bookshelf. But I figured I was like, okay, I can take this and move most of my games on, and then free up some of the space on these bookshelves that I have. Um, but I have to wait till I have I have to wait till that third three paycheck thing come in and do all that kind of fun before I start adding another piece of furniture into my my place. But um, okay, yeah, no, that's uh, yeah because that's actually the one thing I know I definitely want is uh, the Legend of Zelda uh, Wii U version of um, Twilight Princess is coming out with that collector's edition where you're gonna get the Wolf Link and I'm like yeah I'm I need like I don't need it but I, I need it you know. <laughs> The the one thing I'm hoping with that that Twilight Princess game is that you can revert it to mirror, so you can have it either left-handed Link or right-handed Link, because that was the thing that threw me off when they reverted the GameCube to the Wii, was mm. they reversed everything. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. No, I do remember that, because I actually own both copies of the game. Because uh, I got it originally for the GameCube, and um, now, yeah, and then the, when you 
played it on the Wii U, everything was reversed now and stuff like that, and that's how they kept it now. But I'm trying to remember, has Link's sword always been right-handed? No, he's left-handed. He's always been left-handed, and for the Wii, the reason they reversed it is because most people are right-handed. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, which was kind of weird. Where you're just like, okay, so which is funny because I was like thinking about, it, I was like, yeah, I kind of want to play, uh, I kind of want to pl- replay the Twilight uh, Princess game because I still have it for the Wii and I can just pop it on the Wii U. And I was like, you know what, March is going to be here soon. I'll just wait for that one kind of thing. Like, because I was thought, I was like, I would have to restart the game because I know it wasn't that far into when I got it for the Wii U. Because it's like once you once you beat stuff for certain games, you don't really like jump into it and stuff like that as much as when you're first playing it kind of thing. I mean, that was the same yeah. thing with Wind Waker. Don't get me wrong, I love the Wind Waker on the Wii U, and I think they implemented the uh the gamepad with it very well and i really hope they do that with the next legend of zelda games just picking out your items and doing stuff with the map and just i thought that was to me that's what i thought was funny when everyone was complaining about oh this controller thing i'm like dude this was perfect for the legend of zelda rpg so good like you could be doing whatever looking at the map and still doing whatever on the screen that was the best part yeah i thought it was a great great tool that nintendo did that so i'm kind of hoping they implement that with the twilight princess game of the hd version and of course they will be doing something with a new one that we release at the end of this year if not with the nexus or whatever the new console is going to be called which apparently they're they should have something released for nintendo i think this uh um this e3 i think they were talking about well, yeah, this is the 30th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda, so on February, oh, don't skewer me if I get this wrong, I think it's February 21st is the actual day that The Legend of Zelda for NES came out, that is the actual 30th anniversary, they sh- they have speculation that something is supposed to come out for that. Okay, because I know the one is supposed to be coming out in March, the remake of The Twilight Princess. And then the next game, I think, comes out at the end of the year or whatnot. But um, And again, we get on a tangent. We're talking about Super Mario Maker and then went to Legend of Zelda. But uh, so Mario Maker... Nintendo. No, I know. But uh, so Mario Maker is definitely a... uh, I give it four mushrooms out of five mushrooms. Ah, I like that. (laughs) There we go. Because I I was in debate... We we need... No, yeah, we do need a rating system for certain stuff. I've been trying to figure that out when I do game reviews. I'm like, um, maybe, maybe bitcoins. I don't know. Um, bitcoins. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the joke I wanted to do with uh, Mario Maker was like create a level and then do a Mario level Mario Maker video, uh, drinking game. So you just create like the oh, most yeah. crazy ass levels, and then if you can't beat it, you have to you know take a drink or every time you die, take a drink, and then just see how far you can get through this. There was this crazy level. There's like this dude who's ranked the hardest Mario Maker level maker ever in the world. And this entire group who that's all they do is make Mario levels tried to beat this level. It took them like somebody would do it. And as soon as they die, they'd pass the sticks. And, you know, it kept doing that over and over. It took them like 10 people to finally beat this freaking level because you got to at the start, you have to start running or the thing behind you will get you. And there's like a thwomp that follows you throughout the, or the, the spiky thwomps. I can't remember what they're called, but they follow you throughout the entire level. You got to keep running away from it. Uh-huh. And then like you have to time your jumps on top of these giant Koopas to bounce up, to go over these like fire things. And it's just, I was just like, oh my God, how are you guys doing this at any wrong move and you're dead? Oh man, <laughs> one of those frustrating levels. All about yeah. that. So yeah, Mario Maker, highly recommend it. Not really for kids. Um, I mean, if you do have a kid who wants to do Mario Maker, either have them be a really, really 
smart and intuitive six-year-old or at least 10 because it's a lot of like thinking and putting things together and i could i can see a kid being frustrated after like 30 minutes of trying to make a level like now, i just want to play the game <laughs> now question i though would this be a, actually this might be a perfect game to give to kids who are really big into minecraft though maybe because they're already used to building and doing that kind of stuff Yes and no, okay. because in Minecraft, you're building and playing at the same time, mm. versus Mario Maker, you are just building and you are just playing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can see that, especially yeah. going from like a, a 3D environment to 2D as, as well might throw some people off. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of 2D and 3D, you can change through different Mario versions. So you can do like New Super Mario Brothers where it's like the 3D looking graphics and stuff. And you can do like old Super Mario World graphics where it's super 8-bit and stuff. So there's a lot of change throughout there. Um, you can also save your favorite levels that you like from other people. Oh, cool. And then each level that you make, you can only upload a level to the online if you yourself can beat the level. So you can't just like half-ass oh. a level and then upload it. That's actually kind of cool. I was curious about that because you could just be like, da -da 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 -da, and then like, no, you have to be able to beat this level. And you're like, oh, man. So that's actually kind of encouraging. But then it's also kind of worrying because then you think about like what you were just saying, like that one where you have to time everything perfectly and stuff like that. So not only did that guy create that level, but he had to beat it before he could able just to throw it out there. So that's actually kind of pretty crazy. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. I like that. It's got a, like, well, as you're building, it's got a quick, like, oh, let me revert back and test this one part. Okay, mm -hmm. that didn't work. Let me go back to the edit mode and, like, fix it up again. Oh, that... It's, it's, it's very, uh, I don't even know the word, but it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, I'm like, that's actually kind of cool. So you can actually do a little test run to be like, oh, this isn't going to work. I have to, okay, that's, that's really cool. Very yeah, nice. and it's not just, like, you don't have to test from the beginning. You can test from the part that you're editing at the time. Oh, very cool. cool. And then uh, other people, as they're playing your levels, they can add little note. Like if they die in a spot, they can add a note like this part was hard or don't forget to jump on this part or don't jump on this part or whatever. And then when you die, you can you can toggle it off on off and on. But you'll see like these little X's with circles around them. And it's like comments from other people. Oh, very cool. So it's almost kind of like they took the. Um... Uh, what's it called? The Nintendo like uh, network system. When you log into your Wii, you can see a bunch of different posts, and people can draw and post things and all kind of stuff. So they implemented that kind of into the game as well. Yep, exactly like that. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sense of community. I like that. That's what's called the Nintendo yeah. community. I was like, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> and uh, besides Super Mario Maker, back to Fallout. <laughs> yeah, you've been tearing yeah. it up on that shit. See that? Uh, you've got. You've been starting a new game. Uh, kind of. I do this thing where I get far enough in the story where it's a, I can tell it's about to split into the next parts of the stories, and then I make that save a different save, and then I start off on one branch, and then once I beat that branch, I'll go back to that starting point, and then go to the other branch. So that way I'm not, like, going through all the beginning crap. Oh, that's actually smart. Because, I mean, you've, we've all seen the beginning. We know what happens. I don't need to go through it again. <laughs> Personally, I don't need to go through it again. But um, I beat the uh, the Institute. I went with the Institute this this way around. I don't know if you guys knew that was an option. No. Um, I, honestly, you're talking to a guy who I think I'm at level 8 getting my ass handed to me. I ended up buying the collector's edition player's guide because it was on sale. Which, I'll say this. That player's guide is really well put together. 
uh, when you get to an area, it actually shows you these are the items to look for in this area instead of with the Fallout 3 player's guide, where after flipping through, it's all like, don't forget there was uh, like a pit boy, I think, after you like escape that, um, like pretty much almost like towards the last part of when the Brotherhood of Steel has to fight, um, no idea what their name is. With Optimus Prime, or Optimus Prime. Yeah, but that's Yeah, yeah, that's a... <laughs> Autobots. <laughs> yeah. Transform and roll out. Um, he was pretty much Optimus Prime. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Before before you get that thing, there's like that little area, and I left, and then there was all like, oh, there was a bobblehead in there. I was like, why didn't you tell me this at the beginning? Because it's like, once you get to a certain part, you have to like run out of there, like <laughs> escape. Like, I was like, this was very put together poorly. I think they learned from the New Vegas one, because uh, if you ever get a chance to see my collectors for New Vegas, they have a detailed everything like, this is what happens when you have enough charisma and you pass and say this, and this is what happens when you say this, and yeah, these are here, and blah, blah, blah. No, and I, but think, I, they, I think they did the same thing with uh, Skyrim as well with their player's guide. I don't think Skyrim was a really well put together player's guide as well. Yeah, they live and learn, but... I mean, citing with the Institute was actually pretty interesting. I learned a lot of story plotline stuff that I totally want to spoil, but I'm not going to. Um, it, I, I mean, it, we're 85% through all the Fallout 4 achievements. We're almost there. Wow, you guys are killing it. Yeah, as soon as I do, there's the Institute that you can side with, the Brotherhood of Steel. Uh, you know who the Institute is, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know. The Institute, they make artificial human beings. And they plant them throughout the wasteland to infiltrate things or find things that they need. Oh. They're the spooky, scary science peoples. Um, and then the Brotherhood of Steel. We all know the Brotherhood of Steel. Yep. And then you can also side with um, the Railroad. They're, those are the top three that you can side with. Okay, now a uh, question for me because I am obviously don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, can you only side with one of these things throughout the game? Uh, and if you only side with one, like that's probably why you do your little, I'm saving here so I can do this one and then come back to it, do the other one and then come back and do the other one like that kind of thing. Or you can join them all or I'm not sure how these factions work. I'd say about 70 to 75 percent through the game, you can be with all of them. OK. And then uh, the point where I saved is the point where they're like, you need to make a choice. You're either with us or you're with them. Ah, okay. So you did the smart thing. I'm like, I'm going to save and I'm going to be with both of you. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, because then, you know, they're all against each other. Yeah. The, uh, the railroad doesn't like the Institute because they exploit these androids. And they feel like these androids have their own like life and being kind of like Blade Runner. And uh, they also don't like the Brotherhood because the Brotherhood's mentality is kill all all of the uh, what are they called? Androids. Not androids. The synths. Synths. Yes, yes, yes. Synths. The, the Brotherhood just wants to kill all the synths because they think that all the synths are bad and they're going to take over the world and that the world should be inhabited by humans and technology shouldn't think for itself and all that stuff. Which they're kind of right. I'd be spooked out if you know technology was thinking for itself. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Futurama did pretty well with Bender, so. Yeah, but some of these synths, like, snap. Like, if something happens, they just start killing everybody, and you're like, uh. <laughs> Kill all humans. What's wrong with that guy? Kill all humans. <laughs> and then uh, the people in the Institute believe that humans are pretty much fucked. Just, just inhabit them with synths. Who cares about everybody? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> the Institute. Yeah, but then, I mean, there's also little side factions that you can join, like 
everybody knows the Minutemen. Uh. There's the uh, the uh, what you call it the meme from what's his face where it's like another settlement needs your help. Oh yeah, Justin Garvey. Yeah. yeah, that guy. I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, Stop I, telling me a settlement needs. It's just it's I, like the same ten settlements, and it's always the same thing. And sometimes when you go to the settlement, and they're like, "We need you to get rid of these ghouls," it's like all the way across the freaking map, and it's like, "How are these ghouls? Yeah, how are these affecting your lifestyle right now?" Well, I don't know. We try, we go up on the mountain, we look out there, we want to see a sunset. And there's just a bunch of ghouls running around. That's not a great romantic place to take a girl. It's like you guys can't. It's like I gave you weapons. Yeah, you, you can't use them. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with this. I barely know how to garden. Yeah, I've noticed your entire plantation has been destroyed. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, oh, we got an N64. Well, I got an N64 for Christmas with Bomberman 64. I am jealous. I remember I used to play the hell out of Bomberman 64. I used yeah. to. I think I had like oh, I got every single piece of like costume in that game. Nice. Yeah, we we got that, and then he got an, uh, one of those expansion packs, but then it's like an off-brand one, mm. so it kept lagging the whole thing. We got to return it. So uh, mad. <laughs> yeah, Bomberman was a fun game. Oh, man, Super I'm... excited to do that. I, I suck at Bomberman, but excited to get more games for it. We're trying to set up like a little party area so we can just call our friends and be like, yo, game night, come over and bring drinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... uh. That's what I'm trying to implement over here, too. But, yeah, Matthew and I were talking about the N64, and I'm like, yeah, I really got to get my hands on one of those again because I want to do, like, Mario Kart and all that good stuff and old school. Like, it's like, we can do the new school gaming, like, with the Nintendo Wii U, and, like, I still have the Nintendo system and stuff like that, but, like, having a bunch of people over and playing would be lots of fun. So what games are you anticipating to get for your N64? Because you only have Bomberman 64 right now? Yeah, we only have Bomberman 64. Uh, my old roommates, I think I left my old N64 at their place or I left it in my old car when I sold my car because it had Ocarina of Time in it. I want to get Ocarina again. Even though I have Ocarina for Wii U, it's not the same, kids. It's not the same. <laughs> um, the sensitivity in the N64 controller versus the sensitivity with the Wii U pad is way it's they're not even on the same scale. Like if I move just a little bit on the Wii U pad, it brings me all the way across the freaking map versus when I'm playing on the N64 controller, I can get super precise. So I haven't been able to beat the part where you're doing the archery range to get all the rupees to get the heart container. Yes. Yeah. And it's frustrating me. So I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get it for the N64. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm actually kind of curious about. Cause I know they did a, they did a pretty okay job with the revamped version for the Nintendo 3DS. Um, I know yeah. there's still a little kind of problems cause I actually, I used to just hold down the Z trigger when the battle, but I literally had to do it where I click it and it just automatically does it, which I don't like doing. I feel like I like having control. So, but I'm also curious because I did want to still get Majora's Mask for the 3DS, but I'm kind of also like, I'm surprised you just guys didn't take these revamps and just throw it on the Wii U. Like, why do you have to always put everything on the handhelds? I know the handhelds sell better, but come on. <laughs> I think it's more of a, if it's a big game, a long game versus a shorter game, like Majora's Mask, you can beat faster than Ocarina. Oh, yeah, no. 
So, Ocarina, they want you to be in front of your TV versus, like, going, I don't know. I mean, it, it would they would all work for everything. They should just make it for everything. <laughs> yeah, they, they really should. Okay, so we got Ocarina of Time. Um, one remake Matthew and I have been talking about, too, that I want them to bring to, like, the next-gen console. We go, look, they haven't done it. They haven't made a revamp. I mean, they made a revamp for the, 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 the original DS. But Matthew and I were like, dude, just throw Mario 64 on the console. Just revamp it and throw it on the console. I'm like... Mm-hmm. Everybody would be on that. Like yeah. everybody's already sucking Mario's dick, so <laughs> just, well, just do it. hey, you're sucking Mario's dick, and you're putting Luigi in your bunthole. So, <laughs> oh my god, that's so poor Luigi. <laughs> we're we're referring to the uh, I think it was Dorkly or somebody ranked the amiibos as butt plugs. Yeah, well, the number one. Amiibo as a butt plug is Luigi. <laughs> uh, my, my brother Luigi is the butt of every joke. <laughs> oh my god. You're not going to find Deezy in there. Don't go in there. <laughs> Mario. 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 <laughs> Gary? Yeah, Gary. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, another N64 game, Star Fox 64. Oh, yeah. That I- one is a definite, like... I- I don't remember, but I think you can have multiple people play with you. Yeah, you can do the battle mode. Yeah, you can do battle mode, which was a lot of fun. And especially if you got, like, a lot of the medals. That's what another thing I liked about the game. You could do, like, these side track. You Like, the game, that's what I liked about that one, is, honestly, it was kind of like a revamp of the original Star Fox for the Super Nintendo, which is fine with me, because that was still pretty good. Uh, yeah. This one was added new stuff, but it's like you could go different routes, you could take different things, and then it came and there were, down. Like, multiple endings and stuff. Yeah, multiple yeah. endings, and then it was like you get down to like battle mode, and you could use the tanker, you could use the ship, but then if you unlocked enough, you could actually play as the actual characters running around and shooting down things with missiles and stuff, which was a lot of fun. So, I liked the fact that you had to do certain things and like get a certain amount of things done to unlock certain levels like the lava level versus whatever i can't even remember all the levels i just remember like competing so hard with my stepbrother at the time and going you know i can get all the levels and get the real ending with the real andros (laughs) yeah that was the uh crazy part about that too with uh the levels and stuff but um i'm sorry matthew you were about to say i was gonna say when you have to go up and fight uh team wolf and um when you're at that base and sometimes or if you don't defeat all the players then like they some of them get away but you can also take them all out and then move it yeah there's there's quite a lot to the game for as small as it was and the alternate levels within the level like the first level you could like follow falco to one spot and then do that whole thing where you could just go the regular route that was pretty intense uh yeah i like that because uh that boss actually if you go off the beaten path and follow falco that's actually the original boss from the first game uh that you fight in the original version just a revamped version of it, and i thought that was really kind of cool so and even the voice acting in that was really good yeah do a barrel roll yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, no, that's. Uh, I mean, I'm excited for the new Star Fox on the Wii U. I'm not sure how it's gonna pay plan out because how they're trying to do all this stuff with the controller and stuff. To me, I'm just all like, why don't you just give me another revamped? Like, because they did that with it on the 3DS, and it's cool, but it doesn't have that same feel of the N64 version. Um, I feel on the on the 3DS. So they definitely implemented the uh, the the C buttons a lot in. Uh, Star Fox 64, and it definitely helped with the gameplay. Yeah, couldn't you like just, just have those extra to do, do like your uh, your flip the 
do the R wing to like flip around and all that stuff. You just hit those buttons rather than having to do like up down. Or using your analog stick and having to like do it just perfectly to. Yeah, because it was like an. Easy, yeah, it was just like an easy thing because I think you just hit like the down C button. You do the the loop around um, when you're in that like fighting arena kind of mode where you can kind of fly around. It's like you hit one thing, you do the U turn. You hit another thing. It's yeah. like so. I mean, yeah. And then I remember playing on the 3DS, going like, oh, this kind of bad so which what makes me wonder if they have the if the c button is implemented now with the new uh 3ds's uh or the z button or whatever they put on it yeah it's gonna be intense and then i think i remember the either second to last level or the last level was kind of like a tribute to independence day yeah it was like the big mothership comes up to this giant like pyramid thing and then all the little alien ships are all over the place and you're just trying to shoot all of them yeah that's right yeah, that it was, was lots of fun. Cool. And then they even added like a couple of new characters in it. There was like like in that level there's like a Bill, uh there's a dog named Bill or whatnot that joins like there's like other that's what I kinda liked about this one. There was actually more people fighting. It wasn't just like, Up, oh, Star Fox is the only team that could take on everything. You guys go ahead and do it. You're like, We're what we're four ships and one big one that just drops items. There's a million people in space. Why can't we have more people? <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool that you were able to help out and uh, all this kind of stuff. And then even, like, they implemented, like, when they finally implemented, like, the tank levels, there was, like, two tank levels. Uh, they implemented, like, the underwater levels and stuff like that with the submarines. So there was a lot of cool, um, you know, ideas and things behind that uh, that game. And then uh, one last game that I'd like to get for N64, Kirby and the Crystal Shard. Mm. Oh. The Kirby games were so fun. They were just like the art style and everything. I don't know what draws me to this one specifically. It's probably because my mom worked at a McDonald's and McDonald's and the play place used to have N64s. Uh-huh. And the choice was Excite Bike, Smash Bros, Kirby and the Crystal Shard, and one more I can't remember, but those were the games. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I always had fun playing the Kirby games on like uh, Game Boy and uh, things like that. Yeah, I thought they were fun. Yeah, actually, I really enjoyed the ones that they revamped for, not revamped, but the new ones that came out for the Wii um, back in the day where they had the yarn, the Kirby yarn uh, world one was a really creative idea. And that's where I think where Yoshi Woolly World came into play, too, where they're like, hey, let's try to do this again. Um, that's what I liked about Nintendo doing that. And then they did one that was kind of like New Super Mario Brothers, where you could play with four people at a time. So you could be like King DDD, uh, Kirby, um, I think Meta Knight, and then there was like just another like kind of character, and you could actually play with four people and run through the level and stuff like that. So I still actually have those games, which it's like never got rid of those. But yeah, I always used to love. I love the Kirby games, so those were just like fantastic ideas. Kirby was the number two butt plug, by the way. How? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> That's what he says when he gets when he gets pulled out. How? And it uh, just oh no 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 <laughs> no. Wait a minute. So uh, what are you guys playing? <laughs> uh, Matthew, yeah. What have you been up to this week? Um, just playing some Destiny. I'm I'm still really into that game. Now that I'm level forty and getting my uh my light level up and getting some exotic armor and things like that. It's uh I'm having a good time. So. Yeah, no, uh, you and I have been having a blast now with that, doing new stuff. I feel so left out. Well, you can play with us. You got to get that what? Destiny bug going. I know, I know. It's just so, it's something about Destiny that's not pulling me in. Like, the, the race that we did was pretty cool. Yeah, that's our that's come and gone. They'll probably bring it back, obviously. Yeah, they got to bring it back, though, because I, I only did it with my Titan. I finished everything. But the only problem I had with it, there's only two tracks. Yeah, hmm. that's... 
that's what I'm thinking. You know, obviously it was like a little beta within the game to try to, to see how it was received. But I did, I, I did get a, I did get a, like a legendary sparrow out of it after I completed the task. So yeah, I think I did too. So you know what we should do? We should learn how to program games, use the Unreal Engine to make all the Jack and Daxter tracks, but put our Destiny dudes <laughs> in the tracks. Uh, Jack Somebody and do it right now. <laughs> uh, Jack and Go. Daxter, that was a good. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm doing the same thing because uh, I just finally got all my characters up to level 40 now on the Destiny. So um, that was. I think that. I'm still like level 12 or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what that was the joke I was uh, telling Matthew, where it was like, yeah, because I jumped in. We did Borderlands, Raven and I, and Bo- Raven's like 20 something or even higher than that. And like, I was like, I remember I just start. I'm like, if we played it on the Xbox 360 version, I'm good because my characters are like, like level 25. But like this one is like I'm at eight, uh, so it's just like you can you can upload your upload your save to the cloud and up and then transfer over to the Xbox One. You can. Yeah. So if For some I reason I couldn't get it to work, but you should be able to. Okay, I'm gonna have to research that because if that's the case, because it's like I'm pretty high level with the one on my Xbox uh, 360 game. That's that's another weary version. I was like, well, I was like, well, I do want to buy this one for the Xbox One because I like playing the game, but it's all like, but then I have to start back from the beginning. So if that's the case, I'll take a look into that then. I'll... Yeah, take a look. Let me know, and then we could probably jump back into that because I just. I've gone through the beginning levels like six times because everybody's like, I want to play. And I'm like, okay, I'm level 21. And they're like, oh, I'm level five. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And I totally agree with that too because that's like me again when I got it. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then you're playing it. But then you sit there going like, yeah, this game is fun. I still like the game. But then you're like, I'm so much farther in my other game right now and I'm a better level. And then like I go to throw out stuff going, oh, yeah, I haven't unlocked that yet. I'm not that level mm-hmm. yet. I don't have this ability yet. So you're kind of just like, fuck my life right now. Um, but yeah, okay, I'll, I'll look into doing that, because I know you could do that with, because uh, Borderlands, the original one, you can play on Xbox One right now, and I was able to do that, like, import the cloud to that, and all my save stuff moved over, so I was like, okay, cool. Um, alright, I'll give that a shot. Yeah, they, I, I think they gave us a bunch of golden keys, too. The last time we played, we had a crap ton of golden yeah, keys. Yeah, I jumped in, I don't know what was going on, if something went down or something like that, so I have a feeling when I plug it in, when I up do it with the Xbox 360, it'll probably give me a shit ton of golden keys as well, too, be like, oh, here, because, whatever reason, but, um... Yeah, no, no, I'm totally down for that. Actually, that was a one game I think I have a story on that um, I'm probably not going to put it in yet, but we were, I was going to talk another game to play like multiplayer with everybody as well was uh, Diablo 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's down to 20 bucks now. Um, It could be, but yeah, no, I know they just said uh, there's a story in here, so I guess the, there was a new update, a new revamp for Diablo 3 that came out, and apparently for the consoles is having a couple of issues right now. So I'm like, okay, well, I haven't had an update with it because I haven't touched the game for a while, so... Yeah, I haven't touched it in a while either. So, but I know Matthew and I played it for a little bit, and it was—it's fun. I liked it. So, um, but yeah, so um, yeah, so all I've been playing again, uh, like Matthew, was Destiny. Uh, Played a little bit more of Tomb Raider. Uh, That had a really like I'm not even that far into the game, but already had like a twist in it that was like, what the hell? So. Uh, really great storytelling in that game, and just fun and stuff like that. Um, Again, uh, her deaths are brutal when they happen. I'm like, "Ah, really? Um. And then I have to go off on PlayStation Network. Um, now I'm tr- again like every time we do a podcast, PlayStation just seems to do something that just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> and it's like I'm not even trying to be like the person that hates PlayStation because I I always go back to look. I love PlayStation Two. I thought PlayStation Two was a great console. Yes, I got burned by PlayStation Three. 
I still got a PlayStation 4 because there are games I want to play, but I, I'm still trying to figure out why people love this console, like PlayStation uh, 4, because it has, it's basically did not implement anything new. It seems like it just is a re-imagining uh, of PlayStation 3. Like, there's no, like, I'm not seeing a difference. I'm just seeing a lot of more faults to it that I'm like, okay, so what the hell? So what happened one day on my day off is I was going to jump on and play some Dying Light. And I jump on, and the network goes down. So I'm like, all right, that's just PlayStation. Went online, checked. I was like, okay, the network's down. Not a big deal. I'll play some, you know, Left for uh, Last of Us Remaster. Not a big deal. So I'm going, okay, they had an update last night, which I did. I'm okay. But then PlayStation sends me an email this morning. And I was just like, you know what, PlayStation? I, I would have been fine if you didn't even send me this email. But this, to me, is just, just bullshit right off the bat. They go, we apologize for the for the network being down that one entire day. So we're giving you a voucher for an extra day, an extra day to play on PlayStation Plus. What? What's wrong with that? That's fucking don't. I, I would have been fine if you didn't send me shit. But you're giving me a fucking day. Fuck you. What? At least at least give a month. No, no, no. I'm sorry, PlayStation. How about this? Instead of giving out these free vouchers, why don't you take the money we've already given you for PlayStation Network and fix your fucking network? How about that? Or the dudes who keep messing up those hacker guys, they should just, like, quit. Oh, man. Hey, you got an, you got an extra day. Yeah, no. Fu- you know what? I'm going to just... Fuck that. I'm sorry. But PlayStation, you are not winning me over at all with this console. Like, a lot of people would be like, oh, the Xbox network down. I'm going to get a PlayStation 4. I'm like, yeah, guess what? That network's probably going to be down too, buddy. Um, that, that network has dropped more times since I've owned that console than Xbox One. I think people are just so stuck and in love with PlayStation, they're like, there's no other console that matters, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. What you they're afraid of change or whatever. So they're just like, you know, PlayStation, yeah. And, and it just kind of sucks because, I, like I said, I go back to and I thought PlayStation 2 was a phenomenal system. It got me into so many great, like, games to play and stuff like that. And you're thinking, like, okay, yeah. PlayStation 3 is going to be great. And then it was like, okay, like, don't get me wrong. They had a lot of great exclusive games for it. But... Nothing that really matched up to anything. And then just like they, everyone thought like when Xbox announced their stuff, they're like, oh, fuck this, I'm going to PlayStation. I think the greatest meme I've ever seen for PlayStation was all like, PlayStation fans don't love their consoles. They just fucking hate yours. <laughs> Pretty much. That's that's all it is. <laughs> and, it, and it sucks because it's like I'm not trying – I don't try to bash it. I, I don't think I'd bash it that much on the Facebook page. I, I think when I posted the story, it was all like I guess I'll just play Xbox One, and then someone's just got to be a troll be like, well, I was on the network just fine. I'm like, well, fuck you. Here's a day voucher. Go fuck yourself with it then. It's kind of like the uh, – going to get a little bit political here. It's no, kind of like ahead. the Trump supporters. They don't like anybody else. They're just like, Trump. No, it's true. And it's like I'm not trying to be that person where I'm just like exclusively to one, you know, console because it's like I do play Nintendo, I do play Xbox, and I do play PlayStation. And even like I was saying, I was playing like, you know, The Dying Line on the PlayStation with my brother. We're having a blast, you know, with it and stuff like that. It's like it's great, but it's all like I just thought that was just like a slap in the face with like here's a day voucher. I'm like you shouldn't even bother with that. I'm just like just take that voucher, turn it into currency, and just fucking fix your – that's all I'm asking. Just fix your network. I feel like ever since the suits took over PlayStation, that's it's just been going downhill. Because whoever was behind PlayStation 2, they weren't a suit. They were just, you know, a gamer like you and me. They loved making games. They loved making really cool product. And it was the best ever, like, even playing Dance Dance Revolution, mm-hmm. playing Star Ocean Online. Like, 
And then now it's just all these suit guys like, how can we make money? Oh, let's add this, this and that. And Microsoft, you know, they have some suits behind them, but it's mostly if you look at all the people in charge of Microsoft, it's all mostly just dudes. Well, the the thing we were talking about, too, like Xbox One is like I've always paid for the online gaming. I was a little like pissed off, I think, when they raised it like an extra, you know, ten dollars for the year or whatnot. Instead of being forty nine ninety nine, it became fifty nine ninety nine. But I'm like, OK, you well, know what I'm paying. Sense. But right now, it like but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know what? I'll pay for this because your network is good it's easy to use like like matthew and i are playing a game matthew sends me an invite i click on it boom i go right in playstation i have to go out of the game find the message and then still join the thing it's like they haven't implemented anything from xbox which i was all like look a good idea is a good idea okay who cares just take it if it works it works like no one's really gonna sit there and be like oh you're copying an xbox it's like hey a fucking good idea. Hey, okay we're copying an xbox big fucking deal we did copy the wii and that fucking went yeah. down in flames, so I don't see what the problem is. Um, and that's another thing I love to ask. Like People are like, oh, the Kinect was a waste of time. I'm like, okay, at least people bought the Kinect. Do you know anybody who owns a PlayStation Move? No. A couple people, but that's it. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. It's just like PlayStation. And that's the other thing. Like With Xbox, when you're buying these games or paying for that network, it's like they've been giving you really good games for gaming with gold. And the fact that like they give you the 360 games as well, and those are backwards compatible, you can play it on your Xbox One, is yep. even better. Yeah, and the <laughs> PlayStation, like, the, so far the games that I've actually liked with the PlayStation Plus have all been for the PlayStation 3. Everything they've released yeah. for the PlayStation 4, I've not been impressed with. So, like, don't get me wrong, I was like, okay, Walking Dead Season 2, I'm like, cool. But the only problem with that is is I only have it for Xbox One Season 1, so anything choices that I make in that game will not transfer over to the PlayStation game. So I'm like, okay, well, this was kind of like, I'm glad it's free, but I'll, I'm still going to play it. But it's going to, to me, it doesn't matter what choices I kind of make in this, you know, uh, one. And then I there was that... Um, the Lucas Arts game that just got revamped, the Grim Reaper kind of dead, uh, Day of the Dead kind of game. I think we talked about last week. Grim Fandango. Yeah, Grim Fandango uh, was just released. So I'm like, I'm interested in playing that. But so far, I've had PlayStation Network for, I don't know, I think I did it in July, so a few months now, and I've not been impressed with their like PlayStation 4 lineup games that they keep giving us for free. Maybe they just don't care anymore, and they're like, whatever, people are putting money into it. Who cares? I'm sorry to believe. I mean, the, <laughs> the only the only game that they're going to be getting my money for early this year is going to be the Street Fighter V, because it's, I don't know if it's coming out for Xbox at all. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I know it's coming out for PC. So I feel like it will. Is it going to be? Like you think it's going to yeah. be one of those year release things where, like, since we got Tomb Raider before them, they're like, well, we're going to Street Fighter. One of those times. Yeah. Yeah, because for, for Call of Duty, whatever the new Black Ops, whatever, uh, they did advertising only for PlayStation. And I was like, oh, I guess it's only going to be for PlayStation, but it, it's for all the consoles, yeah. except for Wii. <laughs> they, they did that too with um, Star Wars Battlefront and also Destiny. Like PlayStation. Yeah, I, I think it's just like the, the, net, the people for those consoles pay extra, like, just showcase our console only first for the advertising. Yeah. Well, that's used to be with Xbox. I mean, I know a lot of Xbox used to be the one, the front runner that got a lot of the exclusives first for like 360 during the thing. But as soon as I think what happened, as soon as E3 hit that year and Xbox came out first and said that whole thing where it hasn't been true yet, where it's like, if you buy this game, you're the only person that can hold this game because everyone thought that's what the consoles were going to go. So Xbox, of course, has their first press conference. They say this stuff. Everyone gets an uproar. Then PlayStation came out, which was kind of a, a great move for PlayStation at that point because they're all like, hey, look, they, they said all this stuff. Everyone 
everyone hated it. We could totally just change this because I'm like, our console isn't coming out for like another year or so. So we could just be all like, oh, yeah, buying a game, you could share it with anybody. And everyone's like, yeah. So I think what happened is a lot of the gaming people who were with Xbox, um, you know, Microsoft at the time were like, well, with PlayStation, everyone's going to buy this. We might as well put our money where the cash cow is going to be because people will then pay extra for these, you know, season passes. We'll get the exclusive first, yada, yada, yada kind of thing. So I think that's when the transition happened is that because that E3 really destroyed Microsoft for a bit because they got like they got screwed big time during that E3 press conference two years ago. Well, yes and no. That's kind of kind of where I was touching base at and kind of not where I was touching base at. Like, um, let me give a better example for for esports gaming for MLG stuff. Mm -hmm. They switched over from Xbox to PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. And everybody plays on PlayStation 4 now for all the Call of Duty, Halo, whatever, whatever. Or not Halo, obviously. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it's it's not necessarily that they're testing it on one console versus the other console. It's more of a, hey, our dick is bigger. We have more money. Mm-hmm. So all the advertising is going to make it look like it's only for this console. So people will think, oh, when it releases it's only for Xbox One or it's only for PlayStation 4. But in reality, it's actually for both consoles. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? No, no, I, I yeah, no, and I totally get, uh, yeah, I understand that because that was like, you know, they made the Destiny bundle for the PlayStation, like the new, the white console and then the new console for the game and stuff of like that instead of like, like last, you know, when the 360 was out, it was kind of like the same thing where it was all like, oh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, here's the official Xbox console kind of thing, like where they're doing all those bundle packs. So, yeah, that's what I think was probably happening is PlayStation probably, yeah, got the more money and we're just all like... We're going to buy these things first. Our dick's bigger. Enjoy, you know, kind of thing. But, yeah, no, I have – which is funny because Hulu is not very good at marketing because they keep showing me PlayStation 4 commercials. I'm all like, do you not listen to my podcast? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'm sorry about that. PlayStation's I, doing crappy, and they're like, hey, we can kind of uh, advertise a bit and maybe get some people in. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I mean I think they already made their money. I just don't know. I know this Christmas season they did not do very well. Uh, I mean, they did probably fine, but not as well as they've done in the past, I think, two years. But I know Xbox really uh, – these were those were selling out, so. Yeah, all the bundles and everything came with, like, two, three games. Yeah. PlayStation didn't have any bundles. Nobody, Everybody was like, well, why should I get the PlayStation if there's no extra games coming with it? Yeah, PlayStation basically just had two packs, I think, or three packs out was basically the Destiny Taken King one. They had the Uncharted one where you get three games, but it's also kind of like I've already played these three games. And then you had the Star Wars Battlefront one. Yeah. And I think there might have been the Call of Duty Black Ops 3, but I'm not sure. But Yeah, I think, you, I think you're correct. But yeah, they really did not, and that was the thing because Xbox was all like, "Oh, here's uh, here's this game. You're gonna get these two other games for free. You know, downloadable stuff." I mean, they were really bundling all their stuff together, uh, like a good price. And then Matthew and I talked about it last week, where everyone was when the controller was announced, the new Xbox Elite controller, how it's you know 149 dollars, and people were like, "Oh, this is gonna sell." They cannot keep those things in stock right now. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I haven't even seen one in person, but that's me. So, but um. But yeah, so that was me with my rant with PlayStation. I apologize. I don't mean to try to be one-sided, but I just I just thought it was to me I would have been fine with just an email saying we're sorry the network was down. You don't don't give me a one-day voucher to cuz to me that's just like you took your big fucking dick and just slapped me in the face with it. <laughs> we we at Arcade Bros love all the consoles and all of the all of the brands. We just don't love when crap doesn't work. <laughs> but yeah. If I'm, it doesn't work, we're not going to play it. There's no point in getting frustrated. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I was just, uh, to me, it wasn't really that. I didn't actually have a problem with the network being down. I just was like, all right, it's down, not a big deal. But t- just the morning waking up to that email of like, I'm like, why even bother? Yeah. Well, diving into some news. Yes. And speaking of yeah. Call of Duty, the uh, Call of Duty dev uh, hires Rise of the Tomb Raider director. Yeah, I guess so, uh, I guess earlier this week, um, he actually just left uh, Crystal Dynamics. Um, like he announced he was uh, – yeah, Brian uh, Horton uh, announced he would be leaving Crystal Dynamics for a new adventure. Um, and then all of a sudden, I think this story came out uh, today. Um, it looks like, yeah, he, he was just picked up by um, uh, Activision's uh, company for uh, the uh, Call of Duty games. He just which, uh, which come one out here to California. Was it Triarch? Infinity Ward or Sledge? He left Infinity Ward. Or no, no, no. He joined Infinity Ward. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. He left. Okay. Yeah, he left Crystal Dynamics and went to Infinity Ward. So, um, Infinity Ward, I think, is the one that. Do they make the better kind of Call of Duty games? They did uh, World at War, I believe, which started the zombie craze. Oh right. Yeah. And so, uh, they did the Modern Warfare series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Treyarch does the Black Ops series, and then Sledgehammer. Um, I think Sledgehammer did Ghosts, and I don't know. There's yeah. No, Infinity uh, Infinity Ward did Ghosts. They did. Yeah, I'm yeah. right here. Oh, cool. Yeah, I gotta still beat that one. Sledgehammer did the Advanced Warfare, but in, I know Infinity okay. Ward had a little bit of a hand in Advanced Warfare. Yeah, the uh, yeah. funny part is with Advanced Warfare, um, the only thing I really kept playing that game for because somebody let me borrow it was just because of Kevin uh, Spacey was in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he really drove that story. Like, it was very, like, I was like, oh, I'm into this and stuff like that. Like, I, he, I think there was a, I think I talked about it on a couple of episodes ago, but if you haven't played it, there's a, he gives this one speech that's just phenomenal in that game where I'm just all like, this is probably why he, uh, you know, this is why he's very good on House of Cards, and this was a perfect role for them to be like, hey, you want to be in a game? You know, because I guess he's always playing video, he always plays video games too in the House of Cards uh, thing and in real life, so. And it's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that too. And he does a really good Christopher and Walken impersonation. I just feel bad that he had to live with that performance in uh, Superman Returns. Oh, yeah. That was... (laughs) Uh, It's not his fault. I think it's the way it was cut and the way it was directed. That movie was bad. (laughs) Yeah, that movie was not the best of anything. But, you know, it is what it is. Certain movies just don't make the cut of, you know, the great phenomenal of... That's why that's why they had to reboot Superman. Um, exactly. And yeah. The game was bad too. I don't know if you ever got a chance to play the game. Oh yeah, that game was horrible. It was basically like some of the Spider-Man games where they're like, "Oh, we just made a movie. Let's make a game." It really was, and it had like a bunch of stuff that had nothing to do with the movie. And then like the battling system was so horrible in that game. Like trying to lock, like you would punch something, it would go flying, but it would still be alive. And you're like, "Where the fuck did it go?" Like, <laughs> and basically, it's like the John Travolta where you're like. Oh, looking yeah, around like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, like, where did it go? Like, it's so weird. It was here. I was fighting it, and I punched it, and it's gone. It's so weird. It's so crazy. <laughs> where, where, where did it go? I was fighting Metallic. You know, it was weird. I'm Superman. Um, yeah, no, I think this... I think this is a great move for uh, them because, like I said, uh, playing the new Tomb Raider right now, I absolutely love it. It's already, like I said, already had a twist in it that I really did not see coming, and it's like, okay, cool. I want to see where this is going to go. Very sweet. I just saw this. Uh, the Supreme Court will hear about the Xbox 360 disc scratchings case. Yeah, I just saw that as well, so I decided to throw it in the um, into the notes because I'm all like, okay, why? Okay, now this is the weird part. Has anybody else ever had your 360 or any console uh, scratch a disc? 
Yeah, especially, I, you know how many Fallout 3s and Fallout New Vegas's I've gone through? Really? In Fallout New Vegas alone, I've gone through five copies. Wow. Fallout 3, I've gone through at least six or seven copies just because the stupid laser scratched my disc. Okay, now what console, like what version of the Xbox 360 were you playing on? Because I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I had the Black Elite. Okay, Black Elite, okay. It was the the version that uh, still red-ringed, so I had a red ring once on it. So it was the old, old Elite. Okay, so it was basically, was it like basically the same exact one as the white one, just the black coating on it? Or was this the one with the touch screen, like not the touch screen, the touch uh, power button and everything like that? No, this one's the old one that was like the old white one that first came out. Okay. What was the it like? 200, a... Or the 120 gig. Yes. Yeah, 120 gig, yeah. Oh my god, 120 gigs. <laughs> I know. How did we ever survive? Yeah, I know. I yeah. think the last time I used it, I had like 25 gigs left, and I was like, "Oh no!" But then they released the new Slim, and I was like, "Yes, 250 yeah. gigs." Which is funny because <laughs> I still have the the ver like basically I've had every single version of the Xbox except for that the Black Elite one because uh, I still had my white one at that time, and then I ended up upgrading to the like the nice shiny you know one with the uh, everything was touchable and everything like that, but I don't know. Uh, my console still works. I don't know if the fan died or I just overheated that system because that was when I was unemployed and gaming like a motherfucker at that time while looking for a job. Um, and then I ended up buying one of the new, new ones that kind of look like the uh, Xbox 360 or the Xbox One, how it looks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but I still like I popped a, I opened that console because my buddy was asking if it works. I'm like, I think the fan needs to be fixed, which I just have to get the money to fix it or whatnot. But the problem I had with it, I went to go turn it into GameStop, and they're like, we can't take this without a uh, a, a hard drive. And I was all like, okay, so you're basically telling me I have to go out and buy a hundred dollar something hard drive to put in this console to sell this thing. No, that is bullshit because they sell consoles without hard drives and then they take the hard drives from the consoles and sell the hard drives separately. Yeah, because that's, that's bullshit. That, games, well, games that's what I was like because I was like, they're like, well, if you have the other one, we can take it because it has like four gigabytes of hard drive. And I'm looking at them going like, OK, first off, wait, OK, you've you I've given you hard drives and you immediately have detached like I've given you my old Xbox. You immediately detach the hard drive and put that in a separate bin. Yeah. So, it's just a con I don't know. I think they're just trying to get more money out of you. No, yeah, probably. Like but anyway, so uh, this lawsuit brought uh, nine years ago over a game disc scratched by the Xbox 360 will uh, reach uh, the Supreme Court. Okay, so uh, Raven, so basically it would just scratch your disc. Yeah, I'd be playing, you know, a normal, well, back in the day, a normal eight-hour day, eight-hour, nine-hour day, mm -hmm. and pull out the game, and all of a sudden there's scratches on it. Like, obviously, if you picked up the console while it was playing and you move it around, it's going to scratch it. Yes. But but mine, I have it laying flat down. I don't have it standing straight up, and my games would be scratched. I'm like, what the hell? And then it would also cause that crack in the middle because it's going for so long, you know, it's spinning so long and getting hot. Mm-hmm and then cooling down as soon as you turn it off. That, I guess, they can't really have a lawsuit over that. That's just me playing the game for too damn long. <laughs> no, it's interesting because that's the first time I, like, I've heard that. And I'm like you. I have my consoles like laying down flat. Uh, I take That's why, that's, that's okay, this actually goes back to a point that I had no idea about because every time I go buy a game, they're like, would you like to get the uh, warranty on the game for scratch? And I always looked at them with like this baffled look like, I own a shit ton of games. None of my games have ever scratched. 
and I always look at them like, do people actually buy this, you know, kind of thing? Because it's like, yeah, I know if you move the, and they always tell you that if you're moving the console, remove the game, don't keep it in there. I'm like, that's common, you know, just, yeah, it's common sense kind of thing. It's the same thing with CD players and stuff like that. Don't move the CD player with the things in it. So, yeah, personally, I've never had a system just scratch my uh, discs and stuff like that. What about you, Matthew? Yeah, I've never had a, I've never had a console scratch disc for me either. It's saying here, um, People are arguing that the optical disk drive is so sensitive that it spins disks out of control, which I can believe that because I would hear the disk going crazy in there mm -hmm. and uh, into other parts of the console, scratching the disk and making them unplayable. Huh. See, that was a thing that I thought Xbox did that was smart where you could actually uh, install the games so then you wouldn't be running the, as much of the disk. I think that's where they started on the newer consoles because they can't figure out how to fix it. Mm. And, you know, I'd only get the stupid uh, $2 disc protection crap if it was like a game I knew I was going to play for a very long time because I knew it was going to keep spinning for a mm. long time. Yeah. So what do you think? So what? Okay, so what I'm curious about, so what is the guy going to get? Just like the money back for that game? Because I'm like... It doesn't it's... say what anybody's going to get. I uh, think it's just a, hey, you need to fix your shit before you make a new console type of thing. Um, okay. Even though the probably Xbox... Will probably have to pay the the court whatever for how many consoles were set, sold in that year. I don't know. So will anybody be <laughs> so will anybody be getting a check from Microsoft then? They're like, here's the... It's like the games are now worth this much. You have a two-cent check. Here. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be could be getting a two cent three cent 350 cent i mean there were some solutions or they haven't come to an agreement yet um i mean they're they're adding they might be adding 50 cents of the manufacturing costs to each console so that means throwing a little, little bit more money to make sure that the, i mean we shouldn't have to pay for your mistake just make it right yeah just fix it sell it for however much it costs and we will buy it <laughs> or xbox will be like look we're sorry here's an extra day for xbox live no they give us a here's an extra <laughs> year for, extra, for xbox live <laughs> um yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, okay, because I've, I, which is weird because um, I remember on MythBusters they actually they debunked the myth and I call it bullshit uh, about CD spinning so hard in a heart in a in a computer heart you know uh, disk drive that it, it could shatter. Oh, I totally would have that in our store. It happened before. And that's the thing. They they actually tested. I watched that episode. They tested it and stuff that they're like, yeah, we can't get it to work, so we're gonna have to debunk this. And I go, bull fucking shit. I. I, I perfectly remember the day I was in – it was college. I had my new computer. I popped in a CD because I was trying to burn a copy for a friend that wanted a CD of this. It was like a Dane Cook album, like when Dane Cook was hot. Uh, I put it in. All of a sudden, I hear this like – and then like this kind of like – and then I just hear these pieces rattling. I'm like – I literally opened the CD drive and just pieces of the CD fell out. And I was like, what the hell? Called the guy. I, you know, was under warranty. Got a new one. Everything out. The only thing they couldn't replace, obviously, was the CD. And I was like, okay, but it was just all like. And then when I watched that MythBusters uh, show, they're like, yeah, we're gonna have to debunk this one. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> if they played games as much as we did at Play and Trade, and just let it keep going, they would have had a shattered CD because we had lots of games shattered, especially because of the fact that when when they're spinning so fast, they get hot. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you stop the spin, it cools down. So we would try to put the games back in the cases. Well, because it has to shrink when it when it gets cool, it's trying to fit the space 
that it used to be, but there's a change in the molecules and all that stuff. And so it trying to form around the little circle thing in the middle that keeps the, the disc in yeah. would crack it a little bit. That, that causes the cracks in the center of the, the disc. And so we, after that, not noticing the tiny little crack, put it back in the console and just keep that, that pattern over and over again until the crack is literally halfway through the game. And then we're like, oh, what are we doing? We had a couple of kids, even though we told them the ones with the big cracks, don't put them in the consoles. They do it anyway. It'd be spinning. They'd be playing Halo, Call of Duty, whatever. And then all of a sudden just shatters and breaks the entire console and melts all the pieces inside the console. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Mythbusters, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do we want to touch upon? Because I know we've we're getting like really long episodes these days. All right, well, it's been a while. I wasn't on the last episode. <laughs> no, even the last episode with Matthew and I was pretty like I have no problem with doing like long episodes. I was just all like, uh, let's see. Um, There's uh, that free to play horror game that I yeah yeah posted. let's let's talk about that. I was watching another episode of React, and the gist of what I get from it, it's kind of like uh, Wolfenstein 3D, the mm -hmm. old one for back in the day. Yeah. And you're going through all the levels while this, like, ghostly head thing is trying to catch you, and you got to like, collect certain amounts of bags of money, and you get, like, you can collect these, like, eye symbol things that appear throughout that'll help you find if the ghost is following you. But you got to be quick because she's going through each level, each uh, place that you're going through, and you got to make sure that you don't see her and she doesn't see you. Otherwise, you're dead. Oh, wow. So it's almost like that, like, kind of, I'm not going to compare it to it, but the, almost the concept of, like, if you see it, you're dead, uh, the Slender Man kind of game. Oh. Yeah, yeah, almost exactly like that. It's a it's an indie game by Polina Pavis. I'll list it on the Facebook page for everybody to play, but it's a free free to play horror game. Hmm, that should be interesting. It right now. <laughs> the eyes. Oh, eyes. Eyes free. Okay, cool. So go ahead, kids. Play with the lights off and scream. Um. Spookies. Go 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 go. <laughs> Actually, that's another thing. I wish I knew how to stream off of other like things like computers and stuff like that. Because I think the entire time I'd just be doing that like like zoing Scoob. We better not let the creepy thing find us. <laughs> uh, so Snoop Dogg mad at Xbox servers? Yeah, I think it was just the hackers messing with the server and him getting but He does play a lot of Call of Duty and Halo. <laughs> and so you know, if Snoop's mad, everybody's mad. Yeah. So it looks it looks like there's a little 15 second video. I don't know if you want to pull that up. Oh yeah, let me uh. Audio. See, so we got some good audio with the uh, Snoopy Doop. Some expletive words. Here we go. It looks like he just uh, filmed this from uh, his phone. All right, let's let's start up. A message to Xbox One or Microsoft or whoever the fuck y'all fucking server is fucking whack, man. Y'all gonna make me switch to PlayStation if y'all don't help me get this shit fixed. It's that difficult to play somebody online. What the fuck is you doing, Bill Gates? Fix your shit, man. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, that's that's oh, awesome. Buddy. I like that. It's not even Bill Gates. Bill Gates doesn't even do anything anymore. <laughs> I know. Bill Gates has nothing to do with that. Hey, it's Snoop Dogg. He doesn't know. He's probably like, what year is this? Shit. Yeah. What are those mongooses? Yeah, I don't even know. Oh, shit, there's a croc. Um, uh, unicorns. Yeah, unicorns. <laughs> oh, um, we can uh, – I, I don't want to forget this thing before we go. Since we are based out of – well, some of us are in Phoenix and the other is in uh, California. We do want to talk about – was it what? 
I said, hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, the Phoenix Comic Con uh, volunteers. Yes, uh, I actually volunteer for Phoenix Comic Con. I'm part of the marketing team. All of the cool little like swag buttons and some of the shirt designs. I'm the one who's behind those illustrations. Um, we do need um, street team event staff. We need merchandising coordinators, info desk event staff, um, sponsorship coordinators. Of course, people in marketing. There's so many. Like, check out the link that we post. We'll we'll be posting it again throughout the week and just see, like, what the right volunteering job is for you. And, you, hey, you might even meet some some stars and some celebrities. Um, yeah, a lot of people we know that actually we have on the show have also, you know, volunteer or help run, you know, Phoenix Comic Con and stuff like that. So it's a great community. We've met so many people. A lot of people come on the shows, like all different shows, networks and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for something to do and help out and you actually you get into the con for free when you volunteer and stuff like that. Granted, yeah, you do have to work, but you do get some time off to do some stuff. So it is fun. You do get like a swag bag, which I got accidentally one year just following Raven in when she had to pick up her stuff. So I was like, this is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> No, 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 it's okay. I mean, they would have given it away eventually to people if they had a bunch of leftover. <laughs> it happened eight years ago, wink. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to, like, experience cool things. You, you network with people who are like you, who have the same interests, and it's just a cool thing to be a part of. Some of the, some of the jobs that they have for volunteering are before the con, so if you're part of marketing, we get everything done up to the last, up to the day of con and then we get phoenix comic-con to just kind of like relax and do whatever some of us like um you know marty's in charge of marketing mm -hmm. and myself sometimes we work during the con but that that's only if you're like higher up in the ranks <laughs> and then of course there are the people like the uh exhibit hall coordinators <laughs> and the event staff people who are on site helping 24 7 for whatever but they do give you a lot of time to just walk around, do whatever, buy stuff. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, check it out make if you want. Make some friends, guys. Yeah, make some <laughs> friends, learn some new things, go to uh, podcasting one-on-one panels, you know. Um, <laughs> shameful plug. Um, I'm trying to think what else we want to talk about. Uh, I... I don't really see the problem with this game. Uh, the game looked interesting, but it wasn't anything that I was like when it said it was delayed to 2017, that scale-bound uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, it looks cool and stuff like that, and it's all like it's delayed to 2017, so I'm like, alright, that happens. Let the game does what it needs to do, I guess. Yeah, I mean, people get upset by game delays, but um, I'm all for it. Why not give more time to have a game polished and work out all the kinks? We're only going to get a, a better product in the end. So. Yeah. But I need my game now. Well, I like the fact that uh, they actually set it in advance, like right, like right out of the gates of 2016. They're like, look, the game's going to be pushed back to 2017. I'm like, okay, that's fine, because actually that happened with The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. That was pushed back immensely, but then they ended up adding a shit ton of like dungeons to it and all this kind of stuff. So when the final product came out, I was like, you know what, I'm fine. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of games that have been pushed back that turn out amazing. And some of them have not been so amazing. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Warhammer for 360. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The game was pretty bad. I mean, that was as bad as uh, Brink. I think the same uh, thing happened with Brink, where they're like, "This thing's coming out from the creators of Borderlands," and it was like, "No, no, 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 no." Oh no, no. yeah, that game did <laughs> not do very well. Ugh. Never again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait for game reviews, guys. Listen to our podcast more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't want to. I don't want to boast about um, 
us being like you know a good review source i think we are a pretty good review source just because of the fact that we'll be honest about the game and we're not no one really has like is giving us money to review these games so we'll honestly give you the like our honest opinion like i mean i ripped the i ripped the hell out of uh you know assassin's creed unity uh when i played that oh i was God. like because i remember a lot of people were like oh it's a good game it was great i remember some of the reviews came out said it was a pretty good game and it wasn't until like after everyone played it, it was like this is shit and they finally changed their tune where they're like oh yeah no it was a it was a really bad game we we apologize you know kind of crap um, yeah the whole monkey see monkey do thing yeah kind of thing that's why i kind of figure like we're going to give you an honest opinion i mean literally like the destiny one i think my review starts off with me saying how bad it was of a game until that update and i go now the game isn't still perfect i think i still get i think if they never did the update i probably would have given the game like a five out of ten um but with the update i mean it, i gave it still like a 7.5 i'm like it's still a playable game and it's fun and stuff like that but i mean it still has room for improvement so even if they paid me to give a good review about their game, I'd be like, you know what? No, I'm going to tell people if this game is shitty or not because it doesn't matter how much you pay me. No, yeah, it's I can't, true. I can't lie. No, I, and you can't. Like, Well, that's like the one game. Uh, what was that game called? Uh, what, The Reckoning? Uh, the King? Oh, Kingdom of Alamar? Yeah, I, I thought it was a great game. Yeah, I, I just felt that uh, EA did not do a good uh, marketing for it. Yeah, the game was awesome. Um, that was one of those games that like a lot of people were like, ah, it was okay, but I'm like, first off, you released the game a week before you're releasing Mass Effect 3. <laughs> and then you had nothing coming out that summer. I'm like, release Mass Effect 3 because everyone knows about that one, and then when there's nothing to play during the summer, you should have released that game. Would have done fine. Yeah. It's probably an Alvin and the Chipmunks syndrome where they know it's going to suck, so they release it behind like Star Wars so that way they can be like, oh, it was Star Wars. It was out at the same time and made our sales suck. Yeah, no, I, Almond yeah. and the Chipmunks sucks. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I would say with Fox. I'm like, I know they did that. They're like, dude, we're going to have to throw this movie out there and we know it's going to suck. When hey, Star Wars comes out this weekend. Put it out. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but um, I'm trying to think what else is there. Oh, yeah, so I, I think it's by the same people who did um, – the new Transformers game that just came out, but it looks like they're in design to making a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. Uh, a few uh, screenshots have come out. Um, it looks pretty good. It's all cel shaded again. Looks kind of like the raw, like turtles and stuff like that. So that should be interesting when that comes out. I hope it does a little bit better than. Uh, I, don't get me wrong. I liked Out of the Shadows. I like that kind of gritty look, but I, I but I hated the fact that when you're trying to play it, it's like all the four turtles are playing with you. At the same time, and you can switch back and forth between them, but it sucks because if you pick up certain items with one turtle, you do not have that item with the other turtle. Yeah. So I literally, like, one of my turtles had, like, all the um, pizzas to eat to refill his life and ended up dying, and then I had nothing to recover the rest of the turtles. And I was like, well, this sucks. Um, they should have done it like Sonic uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, where you, you're either Sonic or Tails. Uh, you either have one or the other following you, or you're just by yourself. <laughs> yeah, like I thought that would have been a probably a better thing. And I think even the one that they based off of the cartoon, the new cartoon show, the Nickelodeon one, um, I have that one. I think again, you're playing as like all four turtles at the same time. And I'm kind of like, yeah, it's cool to have you all, but honestly, I was pretty much doing all the work with the bosses. So what's the point of these turtles here? <laughs> Brink syndrome. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, but uh, but it should be it should be a fun game. I always like Ninja Turtle games anyway. So um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, um, probably before we close out, unless you want to talk about Obama collecting amiibos. Amiibos. Actually, we, um, 
I guess we could just quickly touch on that. There was an interview with Obama, and he had a bunch of amiibos behind him. It's crazy. And there was also a Millennium Falcon, and it kind of looks like there is a... Uh, Back to the Future hoverboard. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, but uh, I think before we close out the show, uh, I did find an article from, I believe, uh, The Daily Dot. They just posted or whatnot. I think the nerd has shared it. But it looks like the 20 most anticipated video games of 2016. Um, so we'll see if anyone agrees with some of these or anybody who's like, what the hell is this one? Um, I recently just found out about this one, and I have an an Oya, so I might probably try to pick it up. I got to move my Oya back into my living room though, because it's just sitting in my bedroom where I had the old TV hooked up or whatnot. But this one is called. Uh, it comes out, or it's already. It's actually, I think it's already been released. Uh, the Dragon uh, Cancer. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have heard about this. I actually just found out about it maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, apparently, it came. Uh, there was a couple of. Uh, it was first shown in uh, to critics in uh, 2013. But it's uh, the Dragon of Cancer is a story of an indie developer Ryan Green and his son Joel. Joel was diagnosed with cancer when he was only a year old. Uh, Green wanted to make a game that chronicalized the experience. The Dragon, the Cancer, was the first shown to critics in 2013. Um, apparently, it's a. It sounds like a riveting game. Uh, I think a lot of people who tested it at some of the uh, game shows, places that they showed them at, uh, people were like emotionally like crying after this video game and stuff like that. So um, it's it, it's it's kind of amazing what people can do when they put in and put under hardship. I guess you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, interesting. Um, and as we're as we're kind of closing out, I just wanted to do the shout out to David Bowie. Oh, and uh, he will be highly missed. And it was cool that somebody found out that he appeared in Omicron, which is a free game right now, huh. and it's available for it's in the Square Enix store. So I'm thinking it's a PlayStation game. Okay, uh, I'll have to check that out. Um... And then it was also revealed that Harmonix almost put David Bowie in uh, as a character, a playable character in Amplitude. I don't know if you guys ever knew Amplitude. Yeah, the, uh, the new iteration of that game just came out, didn't it? Yeah, it's basically what started Guitar Hero. Uh, Frequency was the first one. It had like the dots that you had to follow, and you kind of like a DJ, and you go through the whole thing. You had like synths, drums, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then after that, Guitar Hero came out and gave you the peripheral to, to play a guitar and do the same thing with the dots and stuff. Mm. But I know they had a lot of David Bowie uh, tracks in Amplitude and Frequency. Okay. Oh, very cool. Ah, so, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll post this uh, thing. I think I already posted it maybe on the, the 20 Most Anticipated Video Games of 2016, uh, so people can take a look at that. And, yeah, I think that's going to probably wrap up this show, unless anybody else has anything else they want to add or plug. No, that's pretty much it. Volunteer for Phoenix Comic Con if you're in Phoenix. <laughs> Um, and as always, you guys can find us on www.arcade-pros.com. You can also find us on the Facebook page. Give us a like. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Arcade Bros. Uh, Raven, if they're trying to find you and they want a game with you or anything like that, where can they find you? Just Google search Revenge Lover. You'll find everything you need to know about me. Uh, she makes it so easy. And Matthew? Yeah, if you want a game, I'm on Airgal uh, on Xbox Live. And other than that, just look up Matthew Renfro. And me, I have to make everything complicated, is uh, schooldays 69 on Xbox and Wii U, and the same thing, but minus the zero on the PlayStation Network. Uh, so uh, I guess that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you for everybody to join us this week with another jam-packed craziness. And uh, 2016 is looking pretty good for games, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what we can play. And, of course, until next time, kitties, just keep 
on gaming. This has been another fine production of the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www.4iradio.com. Balls.